Yo, 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 yo. Man, the energy in this room is absolutely amazing. So glad to be here with you all this morning. Um, I'm excited about uh, worshiping with you through the word. Um, I believe that God is going to speak to us in profound and powerful ways. Um, if you can meet me uh, in Matthew 14, and we're going to start at about the 25th verse, all right? So Matthew 14, we're going to start at about the 25th verse. Um, so we're excited about what God is going to do. Uh, let's pray. Uh, our God and our Father, we thank you for uh, these moments that we have together. Moments of worship, musical worship, uh, moments of celebrating you know, salvations and people giving their lives to the Lord, students giving their lives to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today um, that you promised would never come back void. And I pray that, God, you would speak um, through my mouth. I pray that you would think through my mind. I pray that you would stand in my body. And I pray that you would have me to say those things that you would want to say to us. God, I pray that you would speak. Use me for your glory. Touch someone. I know that in a, a place uh, with this many people in it, uh, there are going to be some things said and unsaid that you're going to speak to hearts and minds. So, Father, we make ourselves available to your Holy Spirit to speak to us in profound and powerful ways. Spirit of living God, fall fresh on us. Oh, how we need you in this moment. Jesus, we thank you for what you're going to do in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, can I, can I be honest with you all uh, this morning? Can I? You got to talk back to me now. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I don't like strong storms. I, 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 just, I just don't. Uh, literally, when I was driving here uh, last year to move here from Illinois, I almost, I almost turned around. I almost went back home. And it's not because, so, so what I'm not saying, don't tweet this out now. What I'm not saying is that I don't love NCU. I do. But you see, on my way uh, from Illinois uh, to Minnesota, uh, in Wisconsin, a storm met us. Yes, it did. Big, big, big old storm. Yep, I said it. Big old storm. I mean, it was, it was big. And, and so we're in Wisconsin. We're traveling. I'm scared. Uh, and I'm driving. I'm terrified. My children are feeling my energy, so they're afraid. And um, Samika, my wife, she said, Joshua... We'll, we'll get through this storm. Just keep driving. Keep, keep, keep driving. Now, see, some of you all looking at me with judgment. You're saying this big old dude is afraid of a storm. Yes, I am. I don't like thunderstorm watches, warnings, tornado warnings or watches. That's not in my resume, okay? Um, keep driving. You'll get through this storm. Uh, you may not be afraid of going through an intense uh, storm from a weather perspective, but maybe you are going through a storm in life. You know, perhaps 
You are concerned about your uh, class load this semester. It's eating you alive. Or maybe back home, back home, some things are happening and you're stressed out and you're wondering if God is going to come through in this particular storm. Or maybe you've been in the middle of a storm of doubt or fear or shame. And this storm is taking you by storm. And you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if God is going to come through. You're afraid because you are not sure if Jesus will come through in your storm. And here's what I want to tell you this morning. We can, we can close it out and just start singing. Here's what I want to say to you this morning, and that's simply this. God can handle your storm. I mean, we, we, could just, we could just pause right there for a praise break. If I was in my chocolate church, we would praise God right there. We would praise God right there. God can handle your storm. My God, yes, he can. You want to know why? Because he is the Lord of the storm. I'm going to say that again. He is the Lord of the storm. Of the storm. Now, before we dive into our main text this morning, let, let me set the scene here. So in verse 22, Jesus made uh, the disciples get on the boat, right? And he told them to go to the other side of the sea. And Jesus went by himself to pray. Now, the message version of the Bible says this in verse 24. Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came against them. They were obedient to God. They responded to what God told them to do. They were walking in the ways of Jesus. Jesus told them to go to the other side, and guess what they did? They got on the boat, and they went. But as they're following the command of God, as they're walking in his way, as they're moving on his word, guess what happens? A wind hits them. They get caught in a storm. Let me pause right there and say this. You can be in the middle of God's will. You can be doing exactly what God told you to do. My God, I'm not mad at you. I'm just preaching right now. I'm not mad at you. You can do exactly what God told you to do, and you can still find yourself in a storm. Your discipleship and your suffering are not disconnected. Just because you're a disciple of Jesus doesn't mean that you will not go through a storm. In fact, the Bible tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him or her out of them all. They're commanded to go. And as they're going, a wind came against them. A storm came against them. The boat was getting beat down by the water, which brings us to our text this morning. And as we go through, because storms are inevitable, they are. Uh, someone said either, either you're going into a storm or you're going through a storm or you're coming out of a storm. That's just the way that life works. You're going into a storm and if you're going in a storm, we're praying for you. Maybe you're going through a storm today and we're praying for you. Or perhaps you've, you've come out of a storm and that should be a reason why you should praise God. Either way, this text is tailored to teach us this morning that we must know a few things about uh, trust when we go through the storm. Here's the first thing we must know. 
we must know that Jesus wants to turn our fear into faith. Yes, he does. I hope you're looking at your Bible. Verse 25. Don't let me say things that's not in the text. I'm willing to have a conversation after this. Jesus wants to turn our fear into faith. The Bible says in verse 25 and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking by the sea. Now, verse 24 tells us that they are far away from the shore and the boat is getting hit by winds and waves. Water is probably overtaking the boat. But here comes Jesus. My God, my God. Here comes Jesus. There's an old gospel song that says he may not come when you want him to, but he'll be there right on time. Here comes Jesus. Fourth watch of the night. All night it's getting beat down. They say it's about early, maybe four o'clock in the morning. All night they're getting beat down by the winds and the waves. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Shortly after dawn, Jesus shows up. I can imagine him walking with some, with a little pep in his step, like, do you know who I am? Jesus was flexing. He was walking on the water. Jesus shows up. Hold on, pause right here. Do you know somebody who walks on water? May we never lose our wonder. We stop right there and, and we like, oh, Jesus walking on water. No, Jesus was walking on the water. There aren't any shoes. Well, yes, they are now. But he was walking on water. So the disciples did exactly what anyone else would do. They said, it's a ghost. I'm scared. They go nuts. I mean, they responded the way you and I would respond, right? It's 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure they're tired. Winds and the waves are going crazy. Then you see this person walking on the water. They're They're scared. They might have thought Jesus forgot about them. They were fearful. Fear had ambushed their souls. Fear has a way of making us respond in ways uh, that are irrational. It makes us say things that are wrong. It makes us believe things that aren't true. Fear paralyzes us. Now, I want to pause right there and say this. Hey, if you're dealing with anxiety and fear, listen, the Bible says, David said this, I cried to the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. Jesus can deliver you from your fears. But I also want to say this. I am a Pentecostal. I believe in deliverance. But sometimes this, I'm going to go back to the story. But sometimes you need to just go see somebody. Hello, somebody. There's no shame in that. But let me go back before I get in trouble. Let me stop. Let me go back before I get in trouble. Fear paralyzed these disciples. But listen to what Jesus said as they're crying out in fear. Check out verse 27. Jesus says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. I want you, young fellas, disciples, to go from fear to faith. It is I. Some scholars suggest that that's the same I, the I am, I am, I am. Uh, This is the same kind of language that God used in Exodus, oh, I believe about three. When Moses is scared, he's called to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses like, yo, God, who do I say sent me? And God said, tell them I am sent you. In other words, I am whatever you need in any moments. 
of the day. The disciples are afraid. Back to the story. The disciples are afraid. They're scared. And Jesus said, take courage. Why? It is I. I'm here for you. It's kind of like my son. My son is a trip. My son is a trip, trip, trip. Man, he's a big dude. He loves people well. It seems like he has confidence. But every single night, this dude has to come to our bed in order to be comforted. And so I'm like, bro, like, you can't keep coming to our room. I'm trying to get sleep. Don't you have to preach in the morning? Just last night he was in my room. Gosh. And so, anyway, so I was like, okay, okay, uh, okay. What we're going to do is uh, we're, we're, going to, we're going to take him to his room. Maybe our presence in uh, his room will change his perspective. The situation didn't change, but the people who are in the room now has changed. So, so here's what Jesus said. He says, take heart. Why? It is I. The situation hasn't changed quite yet, but I'm in the room now. What happens when Jesus shows up? He does things that will blow our absolute minds. Man, I feel like preaching. I'm sorry. Do not be afraid. I know you're going through a storm, but I am he who's able to do far more than what you can even ask, think, or imagine. I know you're terrified, but I can walk through your storm, says the Lord. We must remember while we go through storms, Jesus commands us to not be afraid. Why? Because he is with us. So have faith in God. Jesus wants to take our fear and turn it into faith, but he also wants to turn our risk into an adventure. My God, Helen Keller said this, life is a daring adventure or it's nothing at all. It's a daring adventure or nothing at all. And so Peter understood that in verse 28. He said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come on the water. I'm tired of being confined by this boat. I'm tired of being confined by what people think about me. I'm tired of being confined by my snaps, by my, by my TikToks, by my Instagram, by my Facebook. I'm tired of what people might think. I'm tired of what I think about myself. Lord, if it's you, help me to walk on the water. I want an adventure with you. I'm tired of being the same person. I want to be different. I want to be changed. If it's you, God, if it is you, tell me to come. All I have is a mustard seed of faith. I don't have a lot of faith, God, but if it is you, tell me to come. And listen to what Jesus said. He's so cool with it. <laughs> He's so cool with it. He said, come on, Peter. Come on. Come on, Cletus. It's kind of like the, come on, Cletus. Come on, Cletus. So, so, so Peter got out of the boat. He's, he's walking on the water, and, and, he, and he came to Jesus. Peter goes beyond his natural limitations, and he meets Jesus right where he is. Here's the thing. There's always a gap between G where Jesus is and where God calls you to. There's always a gap between where you are and where Jesus calls you to. There's always a gap between where you are and where Jesus calls you to. And you want to know why? Because he wants to get the glory out of your life. That's why. He wants you to know that it's not about you, but it's about him. That's why. So he, he listened. Je Jesus calls uh, Peter, and Peter, he walks, and he's, he's stepping on the water. But then verse 30 tells us, yo, that he saw the wind. 
and he was afraid. He saw the wind and he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. He saw the wind. His eyes were on Jesus. He had his eyes fixed on Jesus, kind of like how I'm looking at Chris right now up there in the booth. Shout out to Chris. Um, He has his eyes on Jesus. And then what happens? He starts to look around. His vision changed from looking at Jesus to looking at the circumstance. From looking at Jesus to looking at the problem. From looking at Jesus to looking at the situation. And he was afraid. And he began to drown. He began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I'm falling. I'm falling. Lord, save me. But check out what Jesus did. This is my third and final point, believe it or not. And this is the point that I want to make, and that is he wants to turn our doubts into doxology. He wants to turn our doubts into doxology. Yes, he does. Now, don't trip over that word doxology. It just simply means praise, all right? Now, look at what Jesus says. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You you know, I I love Jesus' response there. The Bible says immediately. We need some immediately kind of friends. I don't know about you, but I need some immediately kind of friends. You know, those folks that don't expose you when you mess up, those folks that don't want to see you sink, those folks that will pull you up when you're down, those folks that will speak words of encouragement and life over you. I need some immediately friends, some folk who would share with me their wisdom, their insight, their love. And then I'm going to turn the table and say, are you an immediately friend? Are you somebody that that you can, that people can depend on you? They can say, yo, they came through. Hey, they came through for me. They spoke a word of encouragement over me. They didn't, they didn't gossip about me. They didn't exclude me. They included me in their friend group. They weren't frenemies. They were 100 with me. Yep, I said it. 100 with me. They, they kept it 100 with me. They told me about myself, not so that I can drown, but so that so that I can get up, so that I can walk again, so I can dream again, so I can believe again. I need some friends who's going to help me dream and think bigger than I'm thinking right now. It's D.L. Moody. He tells his sons, hey, sons, if God be your God, dream big. I need some some friends who's going to tell me, Joshua, if God be your God, dream big. Don't dream small. I need some folk who's going to lift me up. When I'm drowning, is there anybody here who needs those kinds of friends? Look, I'm tired of friends who's pulling me, trying to keep me from drowning, trying to keep me drowning and keep me underwater. No, I need some friends who's going to say, get up, get up, get up, get up. Don't stay there. I know you are falling, but do not stay there. And that's what Jesus did. He said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Sometimes... We have to doubt our doubts. We have to call our doubts on trial. Yeah, we do. We have to say doubts. I'm going to have a conversation with you right now, and I'm going to put Jesus in this room. And when the doubts tell you, well, you're not enough, 
don't believe that doubt. Say, I'm, I'm filled with God. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. I, I live for God. When, when your doubts tell you you're never, like God is never going to cover your weaknesses, just tell them what Jesus said. My grace is sufficient for you. When your doubts tell you that you're going to sink, you better tell your doubts, no, they're, no, I'm not going to sink because here's the deal. Jesus is more than able to keep me from falling. Doubts. There's something significant about doubting. Because sometimes we say, God, you're not moving fast enough. God, you're not moving quick enough. God, uh, you're not doing what I want you to do. God, I can't believe you made me fa- fall in this water, walk in this water, and now I'm falling. God, I can't believe that you, you, I can't, doubt says, God, you're not enough. But sometimes you have to tell your doubts, hey, doubts, chill. You don't have the final word. Doubts, they, it doubts, it does not have the final word. Jesus does. Doubts are the ultimate destiny killer. Doubts will cause you to doubt your own destiny and what God spoke to you a long time ago. But today we're turning our doubts into doxology. We're turning our doubts into praise because here's the deal. Verse 32, and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Jesus lifted Peter up. Now, some scholars say that, you know, Peter and Jesus, they, they went back, were swimming back, you know. But then I would imagine that they, they probably could walk on water as well. Maybe they walked back to the boat. Either way, they got back into the boat. And when they got back into the boat, the Bible says that the wind ceased. And those worship him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Truly, you are the son of God. After he calms the storm, our next response should go from doubt to doxology, from doubt to praise. Listen, I, I, almost, I almost didn't make it, y'all. And I'm closing right here. I almost didn't make it. Literally. I was in ministry. Do we have a, a something, a piano player? Uh, if you can come up, I was, um, I was uh, literally uh, in a in a season of doubt about about three to five years ago. I was in ministry, was killing it, working for a powerful ministry, and all of a sudden a storm came, and my marriage was shaky. I lost a job. No knock on Uber and Lyft. Your boy was driving Uber and Lyft. I was like, got it. Like, like, am I done? Like at that time, I'm only 33. God, am I, am I, is it over for me? And I was just in this season where like it just didn't feel like. I believed God. My praise kind of left me. I stopped praising God. I was kind of handicapped by the opinions of men and women, for that matter. My wife and I were trying to figure it all out. We learned some stuff about ourselves that weren't uh, the greatest. Um, and I almost, I almost threw in the towel, like, I'm telling you the truth. It was almost over. It was a wrap. 
But then someone told me, Joshua, you're looking at the storm too much. You need to, again, fix your eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes away from the storm. And I, it's, still, it's still brewing out there. It's still, it's still an EF5. But Jesus is there with you. And when I, when I turn my attention and my affection to the Lord and I, and I had enough sense, it was a, it was a, it was a small yes. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a powerful, big, uh, amazing yes. It was a yes, Lord. Save me. And when I said that to the Lord, it's almost like he picked me up out of the out of the mire and the mud. <laughs> and he placed my feet on solid on solid ground. And I'm here to tell you that I went from doubting if if my ministry would live, if my marriage would last, if my family would stay together to now praising God for being a restorer of ministry and life and marriage. And the same thing that he did for me is the same thing he wants to do for you as well. Maybe you're going through a storm today. Or maybe you know someone going through a storm. Or maybe you have come out of a storm. Can I, can I encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus today? You know, there, there are a few songs that just kind of hit me as I'm thinking about that, uh, that Jesus being Lord of the storm. And I just think about Cornerstone and I think about Jaira. And then randomly, I think about Hurricane by Kanye West as well. Um, so I think of no secular sacred divide here. Um, and uh, either way, I just want you to know that God is the Lord of your storm. And if you're going through a storm right now, I know people have to leave. But if you're going through a storm right now. I'm going to ask you to do something. You don't have to come up here. I, you know, I don't need affirmation at this point. Um, you can just lift up your hands. If you're going through a storm, I'm not even going to just everybody close your eyes. If you're going through a storm, just lift up your hands. If you're going through a storm. Yep. 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 All right. Yeah. That's good. All right. So I lied. And I said, I'm not going to make you come up here. I'm not. I'm going to ask you to stand up and I'm going to ask for the people around who can stay to pray for you. So if you have your hand up, why don't you stand up really quickly? And if you're a prayer, would you get around the folks that are standing? We're going to go ahead and go in. If you have to go, may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine on you and give you peace. Go ahead. Log in your, your code there. Don't take a picture of it and send it to your neighbor. We're watching you as well. Um, yes, but we have uh, until uh, this afternoon. Don't, don't take a picture. All right. I'm watching you as well. Even though we're in a spiritual moment, I'm also watching you. I'm in the flesh right now. Don't take a picture. Don't put it on Instagram. Anyway, uh, so maybe you're going through a storm right now and you're feeling overwhelmed by it. If that's you, I'm going to ask the folks that are surrounding these folks, would you just go ahead and pray for them right now? Come on. And you play that. Play that part. If you watch, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Yes. Yes.